This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. As a guy who learned the hard way how important proper nutrition is on your health and the great harm excess weight can have on your health, I urge you to get serious about your health with SimpleToLose.com. Diets don't work, and you're really only going to be successful losing weight when you learn how to eat differently. And that is why the free health coaches at Simple to Lose are so helpful. They teach you how to eat six meals a day and why it works. Many people on my team are working with Simple to Lose and their health coaches. As a team, we've lost over 850 pounds. Mary has lost over 85 pounds and wants to live a long life to keep her family strong. Brad's lost 40 pounds, finally feels like he did when he was in his 30s. Chris, whose father died young due to obesity, has lost 100 pounds and is off most of his medications. Change your life, get healthy, and thrive today. Go to simpletolose.com today, not tomorrow. Go today, simpletolose.com. Results do vary. Typical weight loss is 2 to 5 pounds per week for the first two weeks, then 1 to 2 pounds per week thereafter. Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I know. I'm, I know. I'm, I got people in New York screaming at me. You're on. Speak, fat man. Speak. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to the broadcast. I was going to start with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of war on women. But then I see why. I lived in Florida for over 20 years. Over 20 years I lived in Florida. I went to the beaches I don't know how many times. Not once did drugs wash up on the beach. You have any stories? I just opened up a new story between... People in Volusia County, 20 kilos of cocaine on New Smyrna Beach. And then they found a huge package of marijuana. Holy crap. Why did that not happen to me? Why? And, of course, you know, they turned it in. And, you know, the police officers, it's normally impossible to trace the source of the drugs. So, ordinarily, they're just destroyed. I know! I imagine that will happen to these since these packages obviously been floating in the ocean for some time. I know the sheriff's office will pass on the findings of the Fed. No, no. Why call the sheriffs? I mean, that's at least a couple hundred bucks, right? At least a couple hundred dollars. Why has, why, why? So anyway, last night I'm, I bring up this story on the blaze. And it's talking about uh, the Samaritans at a Texas airport at DFW, which uh, an airport that, you know, of course, is right here, Dallas-Fort Worth International. The Mercury Studios are in Las Colinas. I, I pass by the airport, uh, you know, every single day. And really a fact of Dallas-Fort Worth International, I'll give you a little inside temp of DFW, it is bigger than Manhattan. So those of you in New York that think, ooh, we're Manhattan. Uh, DFW Airport, our airport alone is bigger than Manhattan, okay? So don't push me. But, so this guy goes off on, a, you know, he starts fighting. And, of course, you know, I'm the guy that goes, oh, there's a fighting video? And there's strong language? I'm watching. So I put it on. And I watch. It's like seven minutes. And I usually don't make it past about two. That's about as long as you got me for. You don't have me in two, I'm gone. 
But it was pretty good, so I kept it on, kind of the roller, 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 and uh, I get to the end, and there, the, there's some guy on a phone that started recording early on, and you see the crazy guy or the drunk guy or the drug guy or whatever his problem was started, you know, mouthing at this guy. So when this happened, you get the guy on the phone, boom, he's recording. And you don't hear everything. The audio's not that great. I mean, he didn't set up the mic or the boom mic and get, a, get every word. But uh, so you watch the whole thing. And in the end, the guy turns the phone on himself, introduces himself, and then introduces his brother and asks his brother about what happened. And, I th- I, and I'm waiting for, you know, some, then I'm staying. I'm, I'm going to find out what the guy's got to say. And I, I thought he worked for the Blaze. I thought it was Glenn Beck. I couldn't believe his answer. It was fascinating to me that someone at an airport waiting in line to check in luggage, and you see the people in line, uh, they're just waiting, and some people are standing there going, oh, dear Lord, here we go. I'm not going to make my flight. Now, I'm thinking if I'm in that line and all those people are standing there watching the fight, I am jumping to the front. I am putting my, I know this is going on over here, but let's take care of me right here because I'm going to go back to airside and get it, get to my flight, Okay. They can fight with this guy all they want. I'm out. And so he turns it on himself, and he says he introduces himself. And here's the audio of him doing that. Let's interview my brother here. So, Neil, tell me what tell me your uh, your synopsis of what we just saw here. What do you think? Well, we saw a very troubled man. Uh, we hope that he was under the influence of some kind of substance. Because if he wasn't, and that's his true personality, then uh, he's going to have a long road in front of him. But if he was just simply under the influence of some kind of alcohol or drug, maybe that would be an easier demon to tackle. But uh, we'll hope and pray that that man gets the help that he needs. Glad we live in a society that uh, will uh, have a justice system and a social system to help him out. What, what advice do you have for the, the young man, the troubled young man? Uh, take a long, hard look in the mirror and find your maker. Well-spoken words by my brother, Neil Kennedy. Do what I'm saying. And just in case this goes viral, this is my brother, Neil Kennedy, and I'm Andrew Kennedy, and we're signing off from Dallas Airport. <laughs> would you have answered that good? I don't know that I would have. That's tremendous. So I ask, uh, you know, uh, obviously I'm in uh, Las Colinas here at the Mercury Studios. And, uh, you know, we broadcast our Blaze Radio Network out of New York, uh, Manhattan. And I asked the, my, uh, one of the producers of the show, so did you get the audio that I sent you last night because it was late? And, and uh, she says, yeah, it was weird. That's, what? That's New York. That is New York for you. It's weird. That guy, that guy should work for us. That was an amazing answer. That's unbelievable. Wow. Welcome to the broadcast. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Participate on the phones while you can if you want. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can tweet me at Jeffy MRA. Facebook, Jeffrey Fisher. No problem. You can do that at any time. And you can email me any questions you may have, jeffy at glenbeck.com. Now, where are we going today? You know, I really, really have no idea where we're going today because I really was a little shocked about uh, 
the drugs washing up on the shore, to be honest with you. And how come it never happens to me? Very disappointed. Do we have, did we get the, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I really am tired of the whole war on women. I'm really tired of it. And I think that at least maybe some in America are. There was a uh, Democratic House candidate in New York, Martha Robertson. And she, uh, they were having their little little debate. And she brought up the war against women. And the audience, she said, Tom Reed, you're part of the war against women. And the crowd immediately reacted with groans and chuckling. And the moderator then said, please, please, it's, you know, everybody, this is, a, this, is a, this is a debate. It's a very serious thing here. We have to be careful. And I was thinking, why are, what, is, what war against women are we having? I don't see it. Look around and tell me there's women who are not getting paid the same for the same job. For the same job, doing the same work. Uh, they are. Uh, the equal pay for equal work. They are. I don't understand it. It just it it boggles my mind how we can just keep pushing this forward. And then I see the uh, <laughs> the ad from the fifties and before the vintage ads who they're talking about the war on women. Okay, well this was. How many years ago? Uh, 70 years ago now? Some of them close to 100? And yes, we did have those ads. And, you know, uh, when you scroll through them, I'll I'll tweet them out at Jeffy MRA. (laughs) Some of them are funny and funny, not funny, haha, but funny as in, oh man, that is agonizing. I can't believe they could do that. And which is why we don't have a war against women now, because this is what they were doing back then. And you scroll through the ads, most men ask, is she pretty? Not, is she clever? Palm olive. I mean, that's tremendous. The the postage meter, it is always illegal to kill a woman. (laughs) She didn't get your mail right. You still can't kill her. The chef does everything but cook. That's what wives are for. Kenwood chef. And they're talking about a mixer, but it's the line that is, you, you know, no way. Now, Christmas morning, she'll be happier with a Hoover. <laughs> now, some of that is probably a little bit war on women-ish. I mean, who doesn't want a vacuum cleaner for Christmas, really? But you really can't say that anymore. Can you? So the harder a life works, the cuter she looks. Wow. That's amazing. Now, these are the war against women. Uh, holy. I don't even want to read some of this. <laughs> An accident. A Volkswagen drives in with a big old crunch on the front. Sooner or later, your wife will drive home with one of the best reasons for owning a Volkswagen. Your wife will get in an accident, and you'll be happy that she's driving that little Volkswagen because she'll be safe. Well, at least they're thinking that the woman will be safe. 
So anyway, I'm going to tweet these out. But that was the war against women. And my gosh, that was, what, at least, at least 60 years ago, right? And now you're talking about, uh, I just, you know what? We're going to start again. We're going to start again. Before I get mad and just start throwing things against the wall, I'm not going to let that happen. Okay? This is the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Hello. 888-900-3393 is the number. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Michael Pelko with his show Pure Opelka. Immediately following this broadcast, and we go right into the Glenn Beck weekend. Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, and Joe Pags round it up on this Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. No need, really no need to go anywhere else. I mean, weekdays, you've got what? Doc and Skip in the morning. Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. Why, why would you go anywhere else than the Blaze Radio Network? Doesn't, doesn't compute to me. So, yesterday, Jalen Freiberg shoots up his high school. Murders one student, co-student, uh, I think four or five are wounded now. Two or three are in critical condition. And then he killed himself. Very sad. And then we find his social media posts, which are a little disheartening. Um, I... We'll tweet this out at Jeffy MRA and put it up on my Facebook page. He's just a, you know, it's the thing, the problem with the social media. Do you regret your vote? Hello. You know what I like? Game show music that just shows up. That should be, I should just carry that around with me the entire day. Ever so often somebody's talking to you. Game show music. He's almost, when you have, with the social media, and you read what these kids have to say, it's really, they're teenagers. But it's seared into their brains with the social media. So his posts, his Twitter posts, so our having a kid and trying to talk to someone else, ha, 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 you're dumb. Oh, and she's way younger than you. TF, wrong with you. You can figure out what it means. I hate this SH. IT. I'm tired of this SH it. I'm so effing done. If I just laid down, I should have listened. You were right. The whole time you were right. It breaks me. It actually does. I know it seems like I'm sweating it off, but no, I'm not. And I never will be able to. Uh, sad face. 
Screaming teleface. Do you regret your vote for President Obama? See, you know what that that was me. <laughs> you know, I was wondering where the heck is that coming from? Why is that coming? It's got to be autoplay on one of these tabs that I have open on my computer. I'm sorry. I was wondering where the heck that's coming from. Now I want to know where it was, where what it was. Wow. Okay. I don't know where it came from, but it was up one of my tabs that was open on my computer. And when you have the speakers on, it creates audio that comes through those speakers. It's an amazing thing. I don't know if you know that. If you don't, you can buy these things that you plug into the back of oh any kind of device, like televisions or computers or stereo equipment, and they're called speakers. And then audio goes through those speakers, and you get to hear them. It's an amazing. Oh my! Oh my gosh! That's how you're listening to me <laughs> through a speaker. <laughs> that's how it works. Amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, listen. You know what, Jaden Freiberg, you killed yourself. At least you did something right. I know the parents don't want to hear that, but my gosh, start killing people and killing friends and people you don't know in the schools is just ugly, 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 ugly. And I'm sure we'll get all the gun nuts out about it instead of the mental health issues that should be out. That's okay. It's wonderful. But hey, happy birthday to my oldest son today. Happy birthday. Wow. Yes, today is his birthday, Elvis. Wow. And it does only seem like yesterday that he was born. He was the big, you know, he's 6'5", 3, well, he's under 300 now. He's lost some weight, been working out, he's living back in Florida. But uh, at the time, you know, a year or so ago when he was still in the NFL, he's 6'5", over 300. And I'm thinking, when he was born, I remember uh, – he was, uh, we had to induce his mother because she was in trouble and they wanted to make sure that he was born, uh, so that nothing bad happened to her. And so they gave her the stuff that, you know, induces the pregnancy and induces the baby to come out. And he was beat up, man. I mean, he just pounded his face through the whole thing. He came out all black and blue. He was, and they had, they had the response team there. Uh, from All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg. They were great. They were all there. And Elvis came out. And the, all these three big doctors and nurses were all around. And they grabbed him and they took him over to the, the little the little uh, monitoring table. And they looked him over and they wrapped him up. And the one doc just turned around and practically threw him in my arms. This kid's fine. And they all left. I was like, oh, oh okay, great. Thank you. And his face, and so they put him in the, in the preemie bins for a while. He was the biggest preemie in the preemies. It's pretty funny. So he was one of the biggest guys from day one. And uh, so I'm very proud of him. He's turned into a great, great young man, Elvis Fisher, my son. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I love you. And I hope to never have to say that you are in a Mexican prison for 208 days for making a wrong turn. I'm pretty sure. I don't know this. I don't know this. Anybody can make a mistake. And Andrew Tamarisi, Andrew Tamarisi did make a mistake when he went to Mexico and made a wrong turn. He made a wrong turn and went to Mexico. So I'm hoping, hoping that nothing horrifically bad like that happens to my son. 
and it is horrifically bad that he's in jail and that he's been in jail for 208 days. And I'll tell you what they're telling our military in Tampa, the troops at McDill to do. It's embarrassing. I'm, I'm torn because I want them to be safe, but it's a little embarrassing that they have to tell our military to do this. And it's just a brush off. Like Sergeant, oh, he's in Mexican jail for making a wrong turn. Eh, so what? So what? Let the Mexican let legal do their thing. Let them do that. Don't worry about him. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. All right. Wake up. Time for dead. Tomorrow, episode three, season five, Walking Dead. I tell you, the first two episodes have been really good, and I hope they continue it. So, a few years ago, like maybe, I don't know, after season two, something like that, I come up with a theory. And it's kind of the, uh, you know, the, uh, um, uh, Wizard of Oz theory about The Walking Dead. How it's going? I have come up with an ending for them that Rick would wake up and he was still in a coma. He'd been in a coma, and everyone was around the bed, and it was all a dream. But my ending would be that the TV on in the in the hospital room would have the beginnings of The Walking Dead starting on the news. So Robert Kirkman. Uh, you know, Mr. Big Shot Walking Dead. Uh, he tweets, going on record to answer this, Rick is not still in a coma. The event of TWD are definitely happening. Why would he do that? Robert, why would you shoot down my theory? And it come clean after an article. Then Some article ran, uh, go on the record promising the Walking Dead won't end up as a coma dream. They don't like my theory. I don't like my dream. I mean, why would they do that? So what, are we just going to end with the, you know, the world in a Holocaust? We all have it. We've all got it. Whatever it is that turns us into walking dead zombies or, or walkers or biters. They never said zombies for a long time. I was looking at this list of uh, uh, little secrets that you didn't know about the walking dead. And some of them were actually, uh, actually kind of cool. Uh, you know, you can buy Daryl's crossbow at Walmart. Yeah, yeah, we know that. All right. Uh, HBO execs. Uh, let's see. Let's think of some of the shows that have been on HBO. They passed on The Walking Dead because they thought it was too violent. Right. Okay. Um, I love in the the uh, zombies, it said they add zombie. They, in all of the work they do, the noise is added post-production. When they shoot it, they shoot it quiet. They want the zombies to uh, act like they're drunk and coming out of a bar at 2 in the morning. And uh, 
you know, they can make the faces and they can go after, but no, the, really what you're hearing, the noises, is post-production. And there's a picture, I'll tweet it out at Jeffy MRA, uh, that of the uh, stunt doubles for the cast. And it's pretty pretty cool to see the stunt doubles. Uh, I mean, they're just, it's just close enough. Just close enough. So the trick would be to pick them out uh, during the show. And it'd be good luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, Daryl, Daryl, you know, he was, he's not in the comics. He wasn't in the show. He tried out for another character and they liked him so much. They created the character for them. They've made some references to some of the other AMC movies, uh, like breaking bad and with, you know, uh, some of the early seasons where they had a car still when they were in the city. Um, it said, uh, the one scene where the kid eats all the huge can of chocolate pudding. He said he got really sick of pudding during that particular scene. Now, we're in season five of The Walking Dead. Okay, where do we go? I mean, this show is too big. It's got to end. It's got to have what? Maybe one more season. Maybe one more season. Now you know these characters are Walking Dead characters for a long time now, for almost for almost ever, and good for them. I mean, you want to try to find something to get into, no question. Um, I love the fact also that many of these, for this is a little inside, but when you go to the Twitter account and you scroll down and you see, you'll see what they're talking about, a little inside TV. But uh, most of, uh, so many shots in The Walking Dead are all green screen. So, you know, uh, <laughs> it's really cool how they use it because you'll see uh, in the show, he, you know, you'll see someone looking down, uh, looking down into a ravine, and uh, really, when it's being filmed, there's no review. Uh, it's all added post-production. So uh, pretty pretty fascinating to see how it's done. And it's also fascinating to see, oh, my gosh, that's what the actors actually get paid for is to act. Huh, amazing. I, I love the, uh, the green screen post-production of the uh, biters that have like half a body and how they're crawling along the dirt, stuff like that, how they make it happen uh, in post-production. It's great um what else is on here there's quite a few number there's a number of things that uh, they show the walking dead they all like taking uh, one of their big fans we all like taking selfies well so does everybody in america that's the new american thing is taking selfies so tomorrow night amc uh season five episode three now those other episodes are up on netflix if you want to get caught up on them that's how I got started, actually. It was really, uh, I, my wife was saying, you know, you probably need to watch this Walking Dead show. She's my watcher. I like to consider her my watcher. Watches the stuff, new stuff and keeps me updated on things I need to watch. And uh, I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to watch a zombie show. Ugh, I don't need to watch a zombie show. So one weekend I'm, I'm, I'm upstairs and I'm like, ah. Oh, all right, I'm scrolling through Netflix trying to find something to watch, and you know, Walking Dead pops up. You know, recently watched because my wife was watching it, so I open it up. And, All right, episode one, let's watch it. And I was hooked from episode one. I was like, you know what? I probably need to watch this. And so I, <laughs> it was a, it was a Walking Dead weekend, marathon weekend. Yes, and then you have Walking Dead withdrawal when you get through it, just like every show on Netflix. It's a new medical. Medical term that uh, people are, <laughs> you have the withdrawals, the Netflix withdrawals and the coming down off of the series, tough, 
sit through that series and you just can't you have to go to the next episode they've created new ways to watch uh to watch shows no question about that netflix has definitely done that congratulations to uh, the pga you've proven that you are uh sad and really pathetic and uh unbelievable uh they uh fired their president ted bishop uh, he was removed from office uh, Friday by the board of directors for insensitive gender-based statements. Okay, he was let off the board. The board said, "You're out. Pack your things. Hit the bricks." Uh, insensitive, gender-based statements posted on his social media site. Why? I mean, it's so you ask yourself, is the PGA, the head of PGA, really, is he going to get in trouble for a tweet? Yes. Apparently, the answer is yes. He referred, now, apparently, I guess, uh, Poulter, this is how uh, sad it is, is that PGA, really? I mean, are you following the PGA, the head of the PGA on Twitter? I wonder how many followers he has. Probably should look that up. Uh, Because I don't get it. The PGA is, you know, anyway. I won't beat up on the PGA for people following them. It's okay. It's, it's, it's golf. I got it. People love it. Now, the uh, Poulter, uh, the Englishman, uh, talking about Nick Faldo and Tom Watson as the Ryder Cup captains. Okay. Now, he said Bishop Thursday referred to Poulter, Ian Poulter, the English golfer, as a little girl because of his critical remarks about Faldo and Watson. He called him a little girl because of the critical remarks. The board of directors of the PGA removed Ted Bishop for insensitive gender-based statements. He called him a little girl. Now, Bishop removed his own comments. Of course he did. He tweeted and said, oh, what an idiot. Because he said, ah, oh, that, was, that was probably me. I probably shouldn't call him a little girl, so I got rid of it. Okay. All right, I got that. So uh, he said he should have selected a better way to express his opinion. All right. All right, that's fine. But is that worthy of getting fired and removed from your job? Apparently so. Apparently so. Insensitive gender-based statements so pga congratulations you have proved to be sad now when i tweeted that uh yesterday at jeffy mra uh you can uh, and you can go to the website and look at it uh there were several uh comments about the pga and you can see those comments uh if you follow me on Twitter at Jeffy MRA. One of the comments referred to the PGA as needing to grow something that they play with every day. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Pure Opelka coming up at 8 o'clock Eastern right after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. For more than two decades, a Detroit man has been fighting the state for requiring him to pay a child he says he never had. Even after a paternity test proved he wasn't the father. And the mother agreed. The court still says he owes money. I knew I didn't have a child, so I was kind of blown back. Uh, when a police officer pulled him over for a uh, traffic violation, the warrant was out for his arrest for failing to comply with a court order. Okay. He sought a DNA test after the court told him at the time it was too late and found it. Now, he says he found it harder than he thought. Now, his story is that uh, it's also was not easy to get a DNA test. He didn't know where the woman was that had claimed he fathered a child. He only had an eighth grade education, often on employment, and at you know very little money to hire help. He asked the court for help. Uh, the court said, no, we can't help you. We're not allowed to give legal advice. I'm not looking for legal advice. I just want to know where I can get the person who filed these claims that said the baby was mine so we can get DNA tests to prove that it's not mine because I never had a kid with anyone. Alexander explained to the judge in court again and again the situation. The court didn't want to hear it. Oh, that's nice. That was nice of him. That was nice of him. Now, some, they finally found someone uh, where the woman lived, and he got the necessary samples to conduct the paternity test. Ultimately, it confirmed that the child was not his. He wasn't the father. In fact, he learned that the biological father was actually a part of the child's life. Now, decades it's been decades now. The court is saying Alexander owes the money for refusing to sign a court summons delivered in the late 1980s. He was in prison at the time it was attempted to be delivered and was not at his dad's house when the summons was supposedly delivered. So there's no way that he could have signed it since he was in prison and has the dates to back it up. Okay. The woman, everything is my fault that I put him through. Okay, well then why don't you pay the money? The court said. She even asked the court not to require to pay her, which the court agreed to, but it said he still has to pay the fine back in welfare benefits to the state. The state wants him to pay $30,000. The state of Michigan, $30,000. For the state falsely accused of being the father of a child, falsely accused of being the father of a child, and still the state says, you owe us $30,000. Yeah, 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 I know. We, the whole thing was wrong, but you 
didn't do something that we thought you should do because we're the government and we have all this bureaucracy and everybody's just doing their jobs. Everybody's just doing their jobs. Nobody can say, uh, you know, common sense, uh, you still owe us the 30000 That's it. Now, the Blaze Radio Network had a reporter that went up there and uh, did a little reporting on this case. I heard it on the news, and I said it was ridiculous, man. That's it. I agree with that statement 100%. If you're in Tampa at MacDill Air Force Base, you are being warned to downplay references to military connections on Facebook, Twitter, and social media because of online threats made by the Islamic State and other jihadi groups. Huh. Also now discouraged bumper stickers, T-shirts, and other public signs that show a military affiliation. Huh. Because of online threats made by Islamic State and other jihadi groups. Boy, that JV team sure knows how to play, don't they? <laughs> you can't even remind people that you're in the military anymore. It's sad. Sad, sad, sad. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. a success begin life force reboot program now stand clear life signs stable it's alive set it loose this is the jeff fisher show on the blaze radio network welcome to it Thank you for being here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. The program immediately following this one, a Michael Pelka, Pure Opelka, and then right on into the Glenn Beck Weekend broadcast, then Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, and Joe Pags, all right here today, Saturdays, on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, you know... We have to talk a little bit about Ebola, right? I know. I get it. I get it. You don't want to talk about it. But it's been, uh, you know, we've let it take a little bit of a break on this broadcast. But it's back firing, rearing its ugly head again. And this time in a city where it counts, New York. Yay. And what's good is that everything that we said from the beginning, uh, if this administration would have done it, uh, this particular case uh, would not have happened. Huh. Amazing how that comes to fruition. But if you go to the blaze.com, to the Ebola Outbreak Central, uh, let's just, we can just go down the headlines. I don't even want to get into the story. You know Ebola, right? I mean, you know what it is. We even uh, a, a guy that's working on this broadcast had a brush with greatness with Ebola. He and uh, he and Ebola Doc went to some some concert, some show, rubbed elbows. 
Now, we don't know. He went bowling. He got a rent-a-car. He got the Uber car. He's going to some concert. He's dancing around. And then, oh, you know what? I, Oh, man. I feel a little. I've got a fever. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've been working with all those Ebola people in West Africa? Yeah, I know. Whew, man, I better get myself checked. I can't believe that I've got Ebola. Uh-huh. Ebola czar's first few days on the job involve phone calls and meetings. Yes, the Ebola czar is on it. He's good to go. Except, no, he's not. And there were reports already that the only reason that he took the job and the reason that he accepted the job and the reason that it took so long for him to be appointed for the job is that he was arguing that, hey, I'm going to take this, but I'm not going to take this unless you guarantee me another job at the end of this. A better job at the end of this. Apparently he got it. The government's first line of defense against a pandemic, thousands of bottles of expired hand sanitizer. Yay. First Dallas nurse, now Ebola free, being discharged from hospital. Great, she was, and that's fantastic news. Daryl Isa warns, absent Ebola czar, he needs to show up at the next. Well, he's busy. He's making phone calls. He's got meetings. He's, he's busy. Busy, busy, busy. So those are just, that's the one, two, the top four headlines. Uh, the top four headlines on the blaze in the Ebola outbreak stories. Yet we still, now they're talking about, well, you know, we probably need to quarantine some of those people coming back. Yeah, you think? Now they've got their backs up against the wall. They've said that we, they've tried to tell us that, hey, it's so bad. Uh that we can't close down travel because we don't know the difference between to and from. So when we talk about closing down travel, that means we're trying to lock down complete borders, which makes no sense at all. Zero sense at all. Uh, No, what we're saying is if you come from West Africa, you need to go into quarantine. Now you can either go into quarantine there or you can go into, we can argue over whether we go into quarantine there in West Africa, or we go into quarantine once we reach the United States of America coming in from West Africa. You go that way. Just, just wait right over there. You want to wait, wait over there. I don't know that 21 to 30 days, maybe 45. We'll, we'll figure that out later, but right now you need to go that way. Be fine. Thank you. And the doc, Oh my gosh, it's only been, it's been under that 21 day quarantine period times since he got back and got sick. So he went through their screening process already. So that worked well, huh? <laughs> that worked just like it was supposed to. It told us he didn't have and wasn't showing symptoms of Ebola when he came into the country. That's it. So now we're back at it. And maybe... Uh, I know last week I was going to play the Shep Smith guys because Shep gave us a big lecture. I don't know if I want to hear it again. Every time I, th- I think about playing it, I want to play it. And then when I think about hearing him mouth me, I don't want to hear him. But he went on a little rant about Ebola and trying to teach us all a lesson and talk down to us like every, all the government officials do, like the mayors and the, the governors. And they all want to talk down to us and tell us there's nothing to worry about and protocols are being followed and, you know, you can't catch it unless you, you know, swap spit in a shower. And then you won't get it because the shower washes it away. Um, we really don't know that, do we? I mean, we're, our best guess is that's true. 
that it's very hard to get. We know that it's difficult to get, but we also know that it looks like without proper precaution, and if those protocols aren't followed to the letter, that you have a higher chance, a greater chance of getting it. Not a less, not a chance of, well, you might get it. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. You, know, you didn't follow protocols. Don't worry about it. You're fine. You can't. Listen, listen, listen. Only a few people in West Africa get, get Ebola. Don't, don't worry about it. You're fine. Um, what about the people in the United States? Ah, anomalies. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Anomalies. We'll let them back into the country. So now they've got their backs up against the wall with they won't they wouldn't quarantine and stop flights coming in from West Africa. So now as well we'll just send them to instead of instead of coming to the table and saying, you know, we probably were wrong. We probably were wrong. It's possible we were wrong. We're shutting it down. Uh no, we're not gonna do that because that would be make us look really bad. Because we would say that it's possible we were wrong and we don't want people to think we were wrong ever. So what we'll do is we'll just tighten it up a little bit and we'll just send them to four or five places. We'll manage. Oh my gosh. Would that be community organizing? We'll manage where they come in at. So we get a better idea of who's coming or where they're coming in. They can only come in here. We're not going to stop them from coming in because heaven knows if we stopped them from coming in, that would shut down the world. But we're going to just let them come in here. That's it. Just those, these places. That's it. And then we'll, you know, you look you got a fever? No? Okay, go ahead. I know you're coming in from that Ebola place. You look you feeling okay? Yes? Okay, good. Get out of here. Go rub elbows with everybody. Have fun. Go to, I don't know, one of the busiest places in America in the world. Go to Manhattan and rub elbows with everybody. That'd be great. And then we saw the video yesterday of the police with their with their suit. They're just throwing it in the trash. Yeah. Those protocols are working out great. Aren't they? Those protocols are working out great. So I wonder how New York City elite Shep Smith and all his pals feel now that it's not in the big red state of Texas and Dallas. And boy, those people, all they're doing is just whining down there over Ebola. You can't catch it. So hard to catch it. Those are the facts, my friends. Don't worry about it. Those are the facts. You have to swap spit in a shower and then rub sweat on each other for eight hours to get the disease. Those are the facts. How they feel now, now that it's in their it's in their hometown. Yeah, now, I know Shep. You know Shep's not going to be at the bowling alley with the doc. I got it. But he may have passed him at the. I don't know. Coming out of the show. Going into the show. What was the show he was at? What was the name of it? You could say it on the air. I can't. What is it? Can you talk on the air up there? Or no? So it's called The Gutter? No, you can't talk on the air. I can't hear him. He's probably talking on the air. He's in the studio talking. He's not on the air. He thinks he's on the air. No. Oh. It's uh, CMJ was the name of the event, oh, and okay. uh, the name of the uh, venue is called The Gutter. And and the doc was there? Tremendous. Yeah, it looks like so, it. So, are you feeling okay? Uh, you know, a little little uh, raspy in the voice right now, but uh, other Ooh, than that, it's early. It's early. That's not funny. 
No Ebola jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Get out. Get out. Get out. You know, speaking of mispronouncing, get out. I don't want to hear Shep. I can't take Shep. I can't take. It. He's going to just lecture you. If you, I'll, you know, if you go online, you'll find it. It's a Shep lecturing us here in Dallas about Ebola. And if I listen to it, he's just going to make me really angry. And I don't want to be angry today. Why can't we all just get along? And when I just said about it, it reminded me that uh, people do say wrong words. They do. And Vincent Sheehan, who's running for governor against uh, Nikki Haley, uh, <laughs> this will be all over the place. But if you watch the entire thing, he did just make the mistake. And he realizes it. And he, he covers it up really well. And he doesn't go back to it. So hopefully he doesn't, he doesn't go back to it, at least in this clip. Because it was just a slip-up. But the slip-up is worth hearing. Over $100 million in public education funding. She vetoed our public school teachers' pay raises. The same year, she gave her own staff 25% pay increases. That is the worst kind of politics. And we are going to escort her out the door. We're going to escort her out the door. See, he, he's, not, he's going to ask her, ask her, her out the door. He covers it because he realized, oh, crap. And then afterward, he realizes it again because people were, were giving him a hard time. Uh, you know, you could tell that they really wanted him to comment on it because we're going to escort whore out the door. And it was just a, you know, it was a slip of the tongue. Everybody has those. But, boy, on the campaign trail, we're going to escort whore out the door. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. Welcome to it. It is, and I am. So, what the heck is going on in America? Have we lost our minds? Now you would say, Jeff, you lost yours a long time ago. I'm talking about other people, not me. I know I lost mine a long time ago. I'm talking about other people. You know, those people. So, I read a story about a young lady that had sex with her student at school. And I say a young lady because she's, I don't know, 23, 24. And she, Georgia teacher, she's accused of having a sexual relationship with a student. The student kept bugging her, kept bugging her. And you know how kids can be. Come on, have sex with me. Come on, have sex with me. And the teacher finally gave in. <laughs> All right, fine. Come on, let's go. And then I see this other story. New York. Girl in Philadelphia. Actually, this one's in New York. The other one is in Philadelphia that I was reading about. Holy crap, they're everywhere. And she is uh, teaching at a Catholic school, having sexual accounts with this kid, going back and forth, having an engagement. Now, she uh, apparently she's out at some pizzeria and gets spotted by somebody from the school, so she resigns. And, you know, now it's all on fire because she had sex with this kid. The other girl from Georgia, my favorite part of this entire story, it made me laugh out loud. They go through this whole story about this 
20, this lady, this girl, this adult, having a sex with this 17-year-old boy who kept after her. Come on, come on, come on. Have sex with me. Have sex with me. I want to have sex with you as many times as my football jersey has a number. 22. So, all right, fine. Let's go. I give in. I'm all yours. The last paragraph. And and on top of that, before we get to the last co- paragraph, she let the the guy records it, so he gets to show it to his football teammates. Unbelievable! And she's a teacher. <laughs> Jesus, going nowhere fast. The last paragraph of this story: the school told NBC Washington that Green was hired as a substitute through a Delaware-based contracting company. She will not be rehired at the school, the principal said. (laughs) We had a report uh, from the principal that said uh, the lady, adult, substitute teacher, who finally gave in to the 17-year-old high school student, athlete, who kept nagging her to have sex with him, she finally gave in. When asked for a statement, the principal said she will not be rehired again. We sent one of our reporters out to Georgia to report on this story and get a find out what's going on with this teacher and her student and if the principal was for sure that This teacher will not be rehired. I heard it on the news. And I said it was ridiculous, man. That's it. That's that's pretty much where we're at with that story. There's no doubt about that. You know, we were talking in the last segment, I talked a little bit about Ebola. And I just want to talk about uh, one more Ebola story. And then I'll move on, I promise. One more Ebola story. Because this Ebola story actually is kind of cool. It talks about the training that they're doing in Texas. And what they're doing is they're putting, now you saw, you can go to the website and see uh, how uh, Glenn on his television show uh, did chocolate syrup. And there's been several other uh, performances uh, around the country on television where they have uh, put uh, different sauces on the hazmat suits and what suits uh, go and how it soaks through and how it's good for you, how you take off everything and how you can't help but get it on you, that kind of thing. How hard it is to, you know, disrobe and take the suits off and not get uh, anything on you. So the health uh, here in Texas, the health workers are training with Tabasco sauce. All right, so they put the suits on and then they put the Tabasco sauce all over the suit so they take the suits off. And if the Tabasco, once that Tabasco sauce, you know, gets on your skin, it burns. So anywhere that the Tabasco sauce hits, you know, you've, the, you've, the suit has been breached. You've been breached and you, that's, you know, that's Ebola. So that's pretty cool that they're using that. At least they're training. They're learning how to, you know, they're learning actually to go through the proper protocols that have been in place since the beginning of time, according to the CDC, except that they haven't. Once again, this administration, what they tell you, exactly opposite the truth. It is 
amazing. And I can't tell you, I'm not telling you the pornography story. It makes me sick to talk about it, this child pornography story. I'd rather hear, you know, two things made me laugh this past week really good. Let alone the she will not be rehired again, the teacher having sex with the student. That actually did make me laugh out loud. But two things made me laugh this week. One was a tweet, and uh, you can follow me at Jeffy MRA on Twitter. Uh, young, slender men have best odds of surviving plane crash. Old, fat women have worst odds. So if you are going to be in a plane crash, your best odds of surviving is if you're a young, slender man. You know, the worst odds of surviving is if you're an old, overweight woman. So if <laughs> my first thought was, well, if I'm an old, overweight woman, I'm grabbing on to the youngest thinnest man on that plane and not letting go. That's all I'm doing. So you know what? I as a, if you happen to be an old overweight man and you're on a plane that's going to crash, you too may want to grab onto that young slender man and not let go. The Jeff Fisher show, the blaze radio network. Hey, that's me. How are you? Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. So, before I leave you today, I told you two things going into the bottom hour that made me laugh this week. The one was, uh, whatever the story was that I told you. You know, grabbing onto the Slender Man. If your plane is crashing. And the other uh, was... (laughs) Was a joke. Now, I may save the joke for one of my bad joke days, as we do have those from time to time here on the Jeff Fisher Show. We do take a time out for bad jokes and spread them around the world for you to spread with your friends. However, this joke may, we, it may it might be needed. It might be needed just to get you through the weekend. You can tell it to a few people in your neighborhood as you're out getting the mail, checking the paper, you know, getting the coffee after church, whatever. You can tell Freddie, hey, got a joke for you. And you tell him this joke, and everybody laughs, and it's good. And at, at for a small amount of time, the world is okay. The world is okay. Is the world ever okay at a grocery store? Are you ever okay at a grocery store? I am. I am. But I look at this story that popped up uh, on one of my one of my news sites. They talked about uh, secrets supermarket employees won't tell you. Now, I worked in the grocery business for a long time, for a number of years. And in fact, I mean, I grew up in a stupid grocery store. And my father worked at a warehouse. He was like the liaison between, you know, the warehouse and the stores. So whenever we went for our weekend drives, 
It was actually to stop into different superfood stores around Michigan and see how everything was going. So, I mean, I, I walked stores from the time I can remember. So, I mean, I can I can run a grocery store. It ain't that hard. But, I mean, it is, I shouldn't say that. Now I got all the grocery store managers. It is, too. You don't know what you're doing. It's got to order. You got to keep inventory. You got employees to run. I know. I got it. I got it. But then I thought, oh, what what aren't supermarket employees telling you? Because I know, I mean, I I can run a grocery store now, and my my wife still gets mad at me when I go in and start pulling the produce rack. I'm just walking by. You got to pull it. You can't just leave it on the rack, right? I mean, that's part of the <laughs> that's part of the deal. I just just give it to the produce guy. I pull all the produce down one line. Just give it to him, hand it to him. This is bad. He just looks at me like, "Who the hell are you?" Okay, so number one, you do not you do a lot more than just stand at a register. In fact, it's likely you've been cross trained in multiple departments. Uh, okay, why wouldn't you tell them that? But that's true. Now, that is true for a number of a number of people at the stores, uh, but a lot today the cashiers stuff like that they you know they may put some stuff away, but that's you know they pretty much stay on the front end. The find everything okay smile takes a great deal of effort. <laughs> find everything okay? Uh, you doing okay? Uh, you need help with anything? The gossip and partly, oh, I don't care about the gossip. You've memorized your store's crappy playlist and the words to every exciting announcement. Uh, maybe that's pretty enough to do, especially the bigger stores that you shop at now. Uh, you know, they all they pretty much have a, it's not so much the reoccurring music system they used to have. You're only provided two or three work shirts, which you may or may not wash weekly. Boy, I wish I would have been provided work shirts. Uh, that was purchased by me. Shirts and pants. The only thing you got was uh, you got a uh, uh, You got a jacket if I, when I was a store when I was assistant manager and uh, stuff like that. You got a vest, yeah. How cool are you walking around with the blue vest, huh? Don't even don't even look at me like that, because you know I was styling with that blue vest, okay. And then uh, and then you get an apron, you know. And it used to be, uh, you know, if you had the gold apron, you were you know stock boy and the front end guy, you know, the bag of groceries. And then you get the green ones. The green ones for were for produce and dairy department. And the red ones were for the meat department. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants. I mean, you can't. You can wear the green ones and still be up front on the front end. Uh, you know, but you can't wear the red. The red ones for the meat department. The meat department guys, man, they don't mess around. We're the meat, we're the meat department. That's for meat. That's it. Fewer things are creepier than working an overnight shift. Hey, okay. Supermarket employees won't tell you. Sundays at the supermarket. Personal hell. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of true. Uh, the secret supermarket employees won't tell you. Going into work the week of a holiday is like preparing for battle. Now that's actually it's actually a couple weeks before and then the week building up because uh, you've got to build all the displays and make everything you know make everything for especially like oh my gosh Thanksgiving oh that's big that's big shopping time there the holidays man you got to knock it out of the park for Thanksgiving. So you got displays going up, and you're good to go. You got to get them built and ready to be restocking, baby. 
and then be ready. And I worked at uh, a couple of stores that uh, were in uh, areas that uh, had a lot of people that got uh, checks from the government each month. And so the first half of the month was really, really busy. And then the second half of the month was not so busy because people didn't have, you know, ran out of money. So you'd, they'll, you'd be okay. You kind of slow down and have, it's kind of whistling Dixie, get the store clean. And then the first, especially the first week, whoa, you are bombarded, man. Because people got money and they need their food. They got government money too. It's good, good government handout money. And my favorite of the government handout money is, I mean, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. You get the, the, the big checks and you get the WIC checks for the mothers and the WIC checks, you know, you got it. They can only buy certain products and it's, you know, get milk and food and stuff for the kids and the family. That's what it's for. And there's only certain products at certain amounts. You got to follow the rules on that. And so, you, so the store, obviously, if you want the WIC check, you know, that's government money, you got to get those products in. And the uh, food stamps. Now the food stamps now are on a card. I think most of the most of the food stamps are you have. They give you a they give you a, a card, so you slide it. and It's good. And if you can pay for it with, the, I'm sure if it's if the product rings up okay for food stamps to pay for it, it comes off your card. Uh, back in the old days, they used to give you money. Food stamps were actually different kinds of money, and so you could only you never could get cash back unless it was change. So if you spent, you know, if you had $20 of food stamps and you gave the person $20 of food stamps and your bill was 16, you'd get four $1 food stamp money back. Well, the only way you get money back is if you get, if your bill is say, you know, 82 cents, right? Then you get 18 cents back. So we used to have the food stamp druggies were tremendous because they would come in and they would buy an apple or they would buy a banana. And then they'd ring up the banana and they'd give you a dollar food stamp. So you, whatever the banana was, they'd get the cash back. And they'd do that, you know, four or five times a day. So they got, they got a pocket full of cash. I mean, you can't buy, you can't buy drugs with food stamps, but that's a common misconception too, because you can't, there are a number of, uh, places that will give you cash for food stamps, like 50 cents on the dollar. And there are a number of people that were happy to do it. There were well over a thousand different produce codes, making it impossible to remember them all. Well, that's true. That's not grocery. Everybody knows that. Supermarket employees won't tell you. Uh, usually, don't notice what customers are buying, and you really don't care. That's a fact. It doesn't. You know, don't be ashamed to buy. Like guys are always ashamed to buy. You know, women stuff, and I'll get over it. Nobody cares. You're at the grocery store to buy the products. We sell the products. Put it on the belt. We'll ring it up. We'll take your money. Thank you for shopping here. We really appreciate it. Have a nice day. The break room is a miserable place that reeks of hot food bar and broke uh, broken dreams. Well, that's kind of true. Broken dreams. Yeah, because, you know, after first of all, you go to work at a grocery store, and pretty soon it's 10 years later. I mean, that's, how that, that's what that business does. It's amazing, amazing, but that's what it does to you. You go there, and, and you start working there, and I can remember uh, – I can remember starting working there, and uh, the one supervisor put his arm around Jeff. How you doing? Oh, okay. So everything okay? I know you. You know we just just made you full time. Looking good. You need to get yourself a new pair of shoes. Those shoes aren't cutting it. And uh, you know, just remember, 
good business to work. You might not get rich, but you'll never go hungry. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank you. And you could just take that with you, what that means. But I know what I took it as. You'll never go hungry. I promise you, I know what I took it as. You have prime hiding spots to avoid unwanted encounters because, God forbid, your high school crush sees you there. Well, that might be true for some girls, but there are prime hiding spots in a grocery store. And there are prime places to go to walk around, and you can do it fast. And some of the stores are pretty big, so you got some distance to do. Uh, you pretended to check the back for a demanding customer. Uh, yeah. 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 I'll check back. Nah, we don't have it. Never mind. We don't have it. Uh, you don't feel, see by some cruel twist of fate, you always end up needing to run to the store on your day off. That's darn near a fact. Uh, that's darn near a fact. Even though you work at a place that sells food, you're still never sure what you want for dinner. Well, that's true, but who does? Uh, where is the organic section and why are the asparagus so thick are only two examples of the critical questions customers ask you. That is, those are two strong critical questions too, by the way, two strong critical questions. And, uh, an employee who's worked in the grocery biz for 10 or more years will likely treat you like peasant scum. <laughs> That's darn near true. The grocery business is pretty funny. It's good. It's you know what? Just walk through and pull the produce and give it to the produce clerk and he'll look at you like, "Who the hell are you?" This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Oh, I'm telling you, there are few things in life, very few things in life, that are more refreshing than an ice cold Coke Zero. You're welcome, Coke Zero. Not that you need, you do definitely don't need my sponsorship, but I'll be happy to give it to you. And that's a good line that you can use too. Compliments of me. You're welcome. By the way, you're welcome. How can a man? A UK man pretend he was in a coma for two years to avoid court. What a tremendous idea. He might have got away. With- <laughs> of course, he got busted because of a supermarket loyalty card. He pretended to be a quadriplegic and sometimes comatose for two years to avoid prosecution and has been convicted after police caught him on camera driving and strolling around supermarkets. Wow. Sad. Very sad. He stole more than uh, $64,000 from a bank account of an elderly neighbor. Nice of him. Ah, she had Alzheimer's. She didn't even know. When police began investigating him, he claimed to be a quadriplegic and so sick, he sometimes fell into a coma. He checked himself in to a hospital to avoid court appearances, saying, I was having seizures. How great is that? Judge Paul Thomas said Knight was a very accomplished and determined actor. The conditions he claims to be suffering from are simply non-existent. But he did it for two years. 
very, very cool. And this story cannot be real. It can't be real. I, I can't be. Somebody look. I, I, you know, look. I got. Look, I can't do all the work. You got to do your own homework. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you have to do your own. So when I find a story that you know I can't be real, it's not up to me to prove that it's not real. That's up to you. Doug Steffner, a cannibal pedophile sentenced to death in Texas. According to this story, he's going to die this coming week. Uh, he was sentenced to death in 2008 for horrible, horrible things. Rape and cannibalism. He's going to die of lethal injection. Okay. The Department of Corrections is supposed to have and accept all the demands of any kind so that it may be, you know, so what's your last meal? They have to get you what you want, right? And, of course, his last meal, he wants it to be a little human being. Can't be real. It's too perfect. Too perfect. Can't be real. For our Ask Jeffy segment, my hubby wants to take me to lunch. But I have to choose. Shouldn't his invitation come with a destination? If we are together, I don't care where we go. Why do I have to choose? Because he wants to make you happy. He wants to make you happy. That's all. Of course you choose. Just say yes. That'd be great. I would love to have lunch with you. At whatever place you pick. That, then he doesn't have to decide. He doesn't have to think. If he says, hey, I really want to have lunch with you. Let's have lunch at the strip club down the street. You're not going to be happy about that. So just choose. Ugh. And do I have time for my joke? Nah, we'll save it for bad joke Saturday. I don't want to tell you. I'll save it for bad joke Saturday. We'll have another one shortly. Okay, I promise. Anybody told you you look great today? No? Well, you do. You look fantastic. You're you're not going to wear that all day, though, are you? Because, all right, all right. Fine, fine. I mean, it looks good on you. I know. It looks good on you. Okay. Be safe. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. 